worked very hard on, on fitness and um, and the running game. That's what kind of led me to, to want this dream of being a, a racing driver. There's no point in time and anything except standards of excellence. We will deal with the Talton Cup if we're in it and we'll, we'll certainly give it every bit of respect. There's no feeling that beats playing for Ireland. My God, I'm going to do everything that is possible to bring us there. This is Sportsbeat Extra. Happy Christmas Eve to you all. 2022 has been a remarkable sporting year with so many memorable moments. I've been fortunate enough to share time with some of the most prominent figures in the region and today I've selected two of my favourite conversations of the year. For one final time in 2022, I'm Sean Connolly and you're very welcome to Sportsbeat Extra. Five counties, one big sports show. Sportsbeat Extra. Davy Fitzgerald returned to Waterford in 2022, more than a decade after he ended his first stint. The legendary hurling figure guided the Dacia to provincial honours during that chapter of his stellar career, and I spoke to him about his aspirations on his return to the county. It's very good to speak with you, Davy. How are you doing? How are you, Sean? How are things? Good, good. How easy a decision was it to return to inter-county management with Waterford? I, I was still involved with Karkamogi. I'm doing a few bits and pieces, working on Sunday game. Um, I suppose from management on the sideline was an inter-county team, yeah. Um, it was different or being involved at that inter-county level is the first time in probably 30 years I wasn't. So, to be honest, I missed it, that's for sure. Missed some aspects of it, probably being on the field and working with, with the lads is, is a big thing. And you made reference to that Camogie uh, venture. It was your training with Matthew Toomey and Cora Camogie. Allowed, I suppose, an unfamiliar setting to focus on training alone. How did you value that experience for the year? No, I really did. Like, Matthew was a top-class guy. Um, really, really good guy. And he did a lot. Like, when you're managing, there are so many different aspects rather than being on the field training. Like, I'm probably one of the few managers that will be involved in training. And um, I love it. But um, I have to say, I enjoyed the year with the girls it was it was something different and there was a few things in my head that I, I wanted to have a look at and work on as well you know It was a great championship as well Cork and Kilkenny they, they served up a great game at Crow Park on that day Yeah I think we are fairly unlucky like we were probably two points up with I think a minute or two to go and we got half a block in and a shot and it ended up being um, a Pachoris' goal for Kilkenny and you know what um, they got it and fair play at them but it, it, it was a great game and when I look back at it, Sean, like, the amount of effort these girls put in, and I'm sure it's the same with the Waterford girls and every other team out there, it's incredible the effort they actually put in, you know? Absolutely, and it's it's great that they're finally starting to get the credit that they deserve for it as well. Well, uh, yeah, I think it's important to get that. They definitely deserve the credit and probably a bit more help um, financially, whether they come under the GA umbrella or whatever, they need a bit more. I, I know what the budgets are like and it's tough on them, and they certainly, with all the effort they put in, they, they deserve a bit more. Definitely do. Now, just switching focus back to yourself, I suppose 2008 was your first run at Inter-County with Waterford. How excited are you to work with what is essentially an entirely new squad here? I actually can't wait. And listen, my first time that I was down was great. Um, that's for sure. Like, um, I got to manage some of, the, some of the greats. And let's be honest, and I know at times maybe some of them found it difficult because like, they were coming to the latter end of their career and it's very hard to change certain ways you think or certain ways you believe in hurling, especially when you're coming to the end of your career and you've been successful winning a few months of championships and that. So it was tough for a few of them. It was probably tough for me walking into it, um, being my first county gig. Like, would I have changed a lot since then? Probably chalk and cheese. Uh, like, a lot, a lot different now. Um, but 
I'm really excited to get work on as well with this bunch. As I really appreciate my time the first time, but I'm really excited about working with this bunch as well. Um, a lot of characteristics that I um, would like to coach, I think, is a certain amount from my here already, and they excite me. And you know what? I, I think these lads would really like to achieve a lot more, and I'm looking forward to seeing can we help them do that. One thing as well that I note, obviously your man management is well known and your desire to work with players on, I suppose, an individual basis. How important yeah. will that be in this initial preparation with the new squad? I've started that already and um, I think the lads have an idea already what that looks like. Um, I love trying to understand the individual. Like The one thing you have to take here, Sean, is I'll have... 36 in the panel by first or second week of January, okay? Um, am I going to keep them 36 happy? There isn't the hope. There will be certain lads think they should be playing like, like 15 into 36 doesn't go. So it doesn't, number one. But I want to give everyone a chance. I want to try and understand them. I think that's very important. Absolutely essential. And I suppose, look, you've taken over from Liam, who definitely deserves an awful lot of credit for what he's done. He's won a league and he's guided a site to an All-Ireland final as well as a semi-final. It's a squad of players that are widely perceived to be the answer to Limerick, at least it was 12 months ago. There's many perceptions in the community as to what happened with thoughts that the tank was maybe empty during the league campaign. I wonder, did that influence your decision in adding Donegal O'Callaghan as a performance coach? I'm not 100% sure um, why they were flat last year in the championship but like it is a concern that I think is that one out of 14 Munster championship games they've won um, and I think the lads won't be happy with their record in that either and we, we'll have to look at that last year I'm high to dive at the end I'm not 100% certain yet but we're going to look at it um, yeah Dunnick will be involved but trust me we've a we've a, a massive team they're involved we've a good team of people that are going to be helping the lads Dunnick has experienced from being in the trenches, um, very important. Like people would see Donica maybe as a laugher and joker, hear him on the radio and see him fit his family at different times. The Donica I know, um, when he's to turn the switch, his beliefs, um, his ethos around the team and how they should behave is incredible. I, I had m- multiple chats with him about how they were at Munster Rugby when they were going really well and how much the team actually um, had to had to stand up and answer their own questions and had to had to um, had to take responsibility for their actions as well. Like he he brings so much from that um, that environment. I think I think the lads are loving because he's a person that you can talk to. But trust me, between our S and C team, and um, we have John Perry in sports psychology, um, we have Laura in nutrition. Like we we've a really good team to try and help these lads, and you're right. I do love spending a bit of time with the lads individually and getting all them people to work with them to be the best they can be. There's nothing better than seeing the development, even in these guys that are top tier athletes, to be able to see a development to take them to a level that you know that you know is there, but yet maybe they haven't found it themselves. I suppose keeping on that point, the Waterford Club hurling championship had many talking points, and I know you were present for quite a few of the games. What were the key factors that you've taken away from that championship? Well, okay, Ballygunner were dominant. There is no doubt about it. The way they play, the way they handle themselves, they're very professional and fair play to them. That's a big thing even going forward. Um, people perceive and rightly so how good Ballygunner actually are. But then looking at other teams, and like I went to a lot of games and very impressed. 
like most of the teams were willing to try different things, be it a plus one at the back or be it bringing out an extra midfielder and trying to do different things. I, I was actually quite impressed with a lot of the club teams in how they were trying to go about their business. And that's been straight. I, I really enjoyed that because if you do the same old thing, you get the same old results. And I know people are trying to do different things and I, and I like that. So from my point of view, I like seeing what they were doing. I like seeing them trying to use the shot ball and move it because... Um, things have moved on over the last number of years, you know. And I suppose from that, have certain players caught your eye that maybe weren't a part of the panel and now have an opportunity to come on board and stake their claim? Yeah, there is a few, I think, um, that will be a part of it that weren't. Um, I think we're calling in about 43 at the moment, and I'll have to alter that down to about 36 as we go on, 35. Uh, so I have to cut that by 7 or 8, but they'll have a few months. People will have a few months to show what they're about when we start back in um, the end of November. Perfect. And you obviously made reference to Ballygunner as well, in particular in the final performance of Stephen O'Keefe. Have you spoken with Stephen? Uh, listen, the Ballygunner performance was absolutely incredible in the final. Like, people were saying, a wet day, how will they perform? And you know what? They actually embraced it. And looking at Mount Sain before that, I said, Mount Sain are going to give these a game because I actually liked how Mount Sain had played now. They did create the opportunities. As you said, Stephen was incredible. Um, so he was an all say to you on, on the panel. I, I want to put the best panel forward that I possibly can for Warford. That's very important to me. And I, I just say this, anyone that I think can enhance um, our performance and be part of the panel, I will certainly be trying my best. I suppose as a man who has been involved in the game for as long as you have, I mean, such experience, is your hunger still as strong today as it was in 2008? My hunger is strong, man. Like, let's be realistic. There'll be some people at Moffat that will embrace me with open arms. There'll be some people say, I should see second time back, which doesn't really matter. I'd like to think what I've done over the last number of years, um, be it club, county, colleges, will will stand up for itself. Um, my desire is, is still massive. Like, I'm not a person that lives in the past. Um, what happened in the past is great. What we've won in the past is great. I, I'd like to think I'm a person that lives in the here and now. We'll dream about tomorrow, but we'll live in the here and now, and I, I just can't wait to get going. And the only thing I'll ask the people of Watford is, listen, I have two to three years here. Give me a chance. Um, and don't be down on the team or myself. If We'd love you to come out and support us. We'll, we might get things wrong um, at times, but we will certainly, and I can promise you this, every single thing I've got inside me and the lads, I know the lads will do the same and all the background team, we're going to give everything we can for Warford. And just give us that bit of time to go at it and see how we get on. Well, I don't think you can put it any better than that and I can certainly testify to say that it's great to have you back. Thanks for taking the time to join me today. I wish you the very best of luck for the new season. Thanks, Sean. Thank you. Five counties, one big sports show. Sports Beat Extra. We hear now from a truly remarkable human being who defies logic in the name of charity. This Tipperary man is one of the most inspirational people I have ever had the privilege of interviewing, and his story more than merits a spot in today's review. Ben Banahan has completed an almost unthinkable run from the northernmost part of Scotland to the southernmost tip of England. To put this in perspective, it's essentially the equivalent of two marathons run a day for 18 days straight, and it was all in aid of a Roscommon-based charity, Join Our Boys. Firstly, you're very welcome to the show, Ben. How are you? Um, I'm doing a bit better now. It's been uh, about two, just over two weeks since I finished, so um, I'm kind of well recovered. Still one or two 
niggles, but uh, yeah, I'm on demand. I suppose to begin with, when did your love for ultra running actually start? Um, love is a strong word after doing a few, but um, <laughs> I, I suppose when COVID hit, um, I was actually, I was working on Bayes over in London and I was put on furlough, so I had to stop work and I was kind of told, told to stay at home. But um, actually, I moved back to Ireland, um, and I kind of went from living and working full-time in London to being in a small village in Tipperary, Kildanyan. Um And I just have a big passion for sports, whether it's, you know, soccer, hurling, whatever, Gaelic football. Um, but obviously, with COVID, everything was put on hold, so I didn't want to stop doing sports, so I decided to take up running, and yeah, in particular, ultra-running. Obviously, as a sports nut myself, you know, there's so many benefits from running and exercise in general, particularly that of the mental benefit that is there. And particularly during COVID, it was never more prominent. Is that something that really sort of helped you in the decision to get involved with that sort of running side of it? Absolutely. That's why I did it, because I wouldn't, I, I knew I'd like, I, I'd lose my marbles if I was just sitting at home, not being able to get out there and move and do some sort of sport. Um, like, I did an awful lot of sports growing up. Um, but I never ran a marathon, and then yeah, I decided to. I ran Ireland um, during the during the pandemic, and then I moved back to to London, and I decided to to keep going and try and you know build on what I'd done, and then I ran Britain. Tell us a bit about Join Our Boys. So they are a trust that were set up about ten years ago, following um, the diagnosis of. Archie Norton, um, he was a young boy who was diagnosed with Dutch and muscular dystrophy. And then once they saw kind of a few conditions in him, um, they got um, his two younger brothers, Isaac and George, tested as well. And um, they have it as well. So, yeah, three young boys, a 16-year-old, two two young boys that are twins that are 12 now, um, all have the condition, but... When I started training for the run, um, running Britain, I actually I went back to Ireland to spend a bit of time and raise awareness for Duchenne muscular dystrophy with uh, with the trust and the family. But um, I was very very lucky to meet Archie. But unfortunately, since then he um, he actually he passed away to the condition. So there's a real kind of big push and emphasis trying to you know get donations in and try and find a cure or else try and find some sort of treatment that will slow down the condition. It's incredibly admirable, and I'm incredibly sorry for your loss. Can you explain the the challenges that individuals face with this disability on a daily basis? Um, yeah, so so it's a muscle wasting disease, um, and as you know, people who have the disease get older, um, their condition you know d- deteriorates, and their body just gets you know worse and worse, and they become less and less dependent. Um, so yeah, it's like as time goes on, the worse the condition gets. But um, you know, it, it can be hard because, you know, especially for the families having to deal with it because you know they're trying to give their all um, to the boys and to the you know trying to find that treatment and cure. But um, yeah, it's uh, extremely, extremely tough for them. Absolutely. And moving to the fundraiser itself, can you describe a standard day of training and preparation? <laughs> yeah. Um, so when I moved back to London, I, I'm a construction manager over in London and working in the construction industry, it's quite a time consuming job. 
and unfortunately ultra running is quite time consuming as well you know you can't do a 20 or 30 kilometer run in you know a half an hour or an hour you actually have to put a lot of time aside so i suppose a typical day would be me up at half six in work for half seven finished work at about 7 p.m kind of commute home have food and let the food digest before I go out and train. I could be going out training at eight, half eight, doing a 20 or 25, 30 kilometer run, home at 11, half 11, and then more food, shower, and then I'd actually have to spend a bit of time prepping for the event itself, um, like the logistics and everything involved in organizing and doing a run the length of the country. It's... um, it's a challenge in itself. <laughs> and that is an absolutely brutal sounding day. That that presumably lasted for months and months, did it? Um, yeah, so I've been training since December last year. Um, and then I started to run in on the 5th of September. So, yeah, it was about nine months of that. But, you know, I, I, I knew what I was signing up for. And I wanted to make an impact and help this family in distress. So, yeah, that was my... My motive. What was your diet like on a daily basis with, with that sort of training? Uh, so I, I had a nutritionist. His name was Chris Lowe. He's um, based over here in England. Uh, I would, yeah, I was having about between three and a half to 4,000 calories a day. Um, and, you know, I was just trying to concentrate on getting good quality foods. And so, you know, I'd have my oats in the morning and I'd have my chicken and rice and stuff at lunch and then I'd have yeah kind of I suppose fish and red meat for dinner plenty of good solid carbohydrates and plenty of protein to help with your muscle recovery I can't imagine that the 1400 kilometers give or take was plain sailing can you share some of the most memorable moments from the experience that you had um so I suppose probably the most memorable moment was when I had um, Paula, the mother of the boys, um, herself, Sinead, and Lloyd, who's their uh, documentary man who's trying to document and record all the struggles that they're going through. Um, they all came over and surprised me. Um, and it was actually, it was, I'll never forget it, but like where they surprised me it was like halfway over the bridge, over the River Seven, as I was going from Wales back into England. Um, so that was quite uh, a good surprise as, as I was on the back end of the trip um but it's it, it's hard to and even like me and the lads in my team i had a support team with me uh it's hard to put into words what we did because it felt like groundhog day and it felt like every day was the same but like you know when you look back and we talk about i suppose the different stories and the different things that happened on the daily um yeah it was amazing and you know like even my support team was me and a bunch of my best friends, um, and a lot, you know, they're kind of they're based all over between Brighton, London, Nina, and Tipperary. Um, all these guys didn't know each other, kind of coming into it, but now you know, friends for life, um, and it's you know, it's quite powerful that you know, a run, an ultra run, could could do that and have that impact on people. It took three weeks and started out in John O'Groots and ended up in Land's End. It's, it's mammoth. I, I can't even fathom in my head how that's possible. So the, the it actually, it worked out. Um, I finished on 19 days and I think it was 1,350 kilometers. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yeah. 
And it wasn't the first time that you've undertaken a venture like this. You've successfully run the length of Ireland also. Can you can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Yeah, so um, I ran Ireland during Easter 20 last year. Um, and yeah, I did that in aid of Mental Health Ireland and Alana Sheehan, who um, was diagnosed with terminal brain cancer the year previous. And, you know, I kind of, like, I think it's important that, that I say, and I mentioned that, like, I'm, you know, I'm doing this for myself um, and then doing it for my own kind of mental health and mental development through fitness and running. But um, I just see it as an opportunity to, you know, to help these people who, who need help and to raise awareness for, you know, conditions like muscular dystrophy and mental health. But um, it's, it's quite funny. Um, I learned a lot from, from running Ireland. That was 550 kilometers in seven days. And, yeah, I actually, I felt, I learned a lot from it. And I actually, I felt it better at the end of running Britain than I did on day, day two or day three of Ireland just from learning the hard way. I suppose you, you never stop learning even in something as dramatic as that. And tell me, does the future hold more of these particular fundraising events for you? Yeah, um, I'm kind of weighing up my options at the moment. I'm, uh, I'm definitely, I really, really want to stay running and running countries. I know it's a bit bonkers but I just feel you know if I'm able and if I'm able to kind of give to people who need a bit of help um why stop and why stop making an impact but um yeah I'll definitely I'm definitely planning on doing more I just don't know what's what's next with regards to the tremendous run that you just completed in Britain do people still have the opportunity anyone listening now to actively donate to the cause that you were working towards they do, and um, they can donate on the Join Our Boys website or through my social media platforms. But um, I would, I would recommend people to go onto the Join Our Boys website, which is www.joinourboys.org. Um, and you know, please donate if you can. And even like my employer, who I'm working with, based over here in the UK, um, have really, really kindly agreed to triple whatever I make. So, you know, if people donate one euro, it turns into three euro. If people donate five euro, it, tri- it gets tripled into 15 euro. Um, so it will really, really make a big impact. And, you know, hopefully we find find a cure for, for Dushen. That's absolutely brilliant. And as I said at the very start of the conversation, the word inspirational probably doesn't do you justice. It was a pleasure speaking with you and I look forward to hearing about your latest venture. Nice one. Thanks very much. Five counties, one big sports show. Sports Beat Extra. And just like that, 2022 is in the history books. I'd like to thank each and every one of you for lending me your ear. And let's hope that next year will deliver as many memorable sporting moments as possible. Continue reaching out via our socials and through email at sport at beat102103.com. Michelle is on the way, but right before that, and for one final time this year, I have a message for every sports club and society in the region. Wishing you all a very Merry Christmas. Club Focus with Eco Solar Energy. The solar experts you can rely on. Make the cleaner choice. EcoSolarEnergy.ie How do you fancy winning a grand for your club? Club Focus is back and each month I visit a club in the region and I give them a chance to take their place in the limelight. They get to feature on air, online and across all of our socials. 
At the end of the 12 months, one of the lucky clubs is going to bag €1,000 bursary. That winning club will be chosen through a public vote, so it gives you the opportunity to attract some new members to your club. Club Focus is part of Beat's ongoing commitment to support the work that all you local clubs do, while also celebrating the positive impact that you all have on your local communities. So if you want to get involved, simply head to beat102103.com forward slash club focus to apply now. And before you know it, we could be having a chat really soon. Club Focus with Eco Solar Energy, the solar experts you can rely on. Make the cleaner choice. EcoSolarEnergy.ie